Thank you for checking out our podcast here at Eastern Assembly of God Church in Baltimore, Maryland. If you'd like more information about our church, you can find us at www.easternassembly.org. Well, today is Pentecost Sunday. Say, Wahoo! Somebody said, what's that, instead of wahoo? All right, well, let me explain, okay? In the Old Testament, there were a number of feast days that the Jews were required to keep. These were special days of worship. They weren't to work. In some cases, they were to come to Jerusalem to celebrate them. Pentecost was one of them. Um, But Pentecost was a, a feast day, and it was 50 days after another feast day, 50 days after Passover, okay? Now, uh, the, the life of Christ and the birth of the church follow these feast days. Jesus himself was crucified on the Passover. How many you know he was the Passover lamb for our sins, right? Okay? And so then 50 days after Passover, so we know Jesus rose again from the grave three days after he died. And during the next 40 days, he appeared to his disciples at different times, Uh, appearing to them, giving them some words. And on his final words, he said, look, I want you guys to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit, till you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it just so happens that that event, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit on the feast day of, hint, hint, Pentecost, okay? And uh, maybe someone asked, how long were they waiting in the upper room. Well, they were waiting in the upper room for seven days, and I'll tell you how I get that, okay? So, no, Jesus died on Passover. He rose three days later. He appeared to them over 40 days, so that's 43 of the 50. 50 minus 43 is seven. So they were waiting in the upper room. There was 120 of them. They were waiting for seven days. Did they know the Holy Spirit would come on the day of Pentecost? No, they just knew they were waiting, okay? Um, Now, before I take you to Acts chapter 2, where we are today, I want to give you a little background of some other scriptures that talk about the Holy Spirit, and then we'll land in Acts chapter 2. And I want to begin in the book of Joel, chapter 2. Joel wrote these words hundreds of years before this day of Pentecost when the believers were filled. He wrote these words. And afterward, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Do we have all people here today? Yeah, everybody here falls into the category all people. All right, I don't think anybody snuck a dog in their purse. That has happened before, but I think we're good today. All right, all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Now, these words are important because later when Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost to explain to the people who've come, what happened to them, he uses the scripture and he says, hey, what is happening today? These believers being baptized in the spirit is part of Joel's fulfillment. That in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on, help me church, help me at home. All people. How many of you have heard of the charismatic movement that happened in the 60s? Anybody here got saved during the charismatic movement? Anybody here, 60s, 70s was your salvation? I see a hand or two, all right. During the charismatic movement, what happened was is the Holy Spirit began to invade denominational churches. It actually started with Episcopalians. Now, you you might find it hard to believe that you could go to Episcopalian church to get baptized in the Spirit, but in the 60s and the 70s and into the 80s, it happened. Started with the Episcopalians, moved to Lutherans, 
then Catholics, and then Methodists. I remember in 1979, after getting saved, going to an Episcopal church on a Friday night for a Holy Spirit service. How cool was that? And I mean, they were, they, they was, it was like here, they were worshiping, they were praying for the sick, people were believing for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, all because Joel said, in the last days, I'm gonna pour out my spirit on all people. It was God giving his promise. Jay, Jesus gave his disciples some insight into what they would be receiving before he ascended into heaven. He said this, but you will receive, help me, church, power. That didn't sound very powerful. Let's try it again. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Now listen, this is his last words. After he said this, he was taken up before their eyes and a cloud hid them from their sight. Can I tell you something Christians need today? Say what, pastor? They need power. Come on, how many Christians? Well, pastor, I don't know if I'm gonna make it through. Life is hard. Come on, what kind of testimony are we to the world if we can't find strength in the Lord to make it through the circumstances? Look, I'm not, I'm not trying to make light of the hard circumstances that you are, that you're going through, but I'm telling you, there is strength in God so that you can be a witness to those around you and they might say, oh, you're a strong person, but you tell the truth. Hey, it's not my strength. I'm finding strength from on high. He promised he would give us power from on high. Many people have said to me about Rachel, my wife, concerning her recent cancer journey. She said, oh, she's a, she's a strong woman. I believe she would, she would testify differently. She would say, I've found my strength in the Lord. And that strength is available to all of us here today. Can you say? Listen, I know there's a lot of concern, me included, concerning the day and age we're living. We're living in the last days. The Bible says perilous times. But listen, I want to ask you a question. Is the God that you serve powerful enough to keep you and me in this last hour? Yeah, there is power. Somebody say power. Yeah, he wants to empower us with courage and boldness in these last days. Amen? So, Jesus is taken up. The disciples head for the upper room. While they are in the upper room waiting for the Holy Spirit, something has happened in Jerusalem. It's a feast day. People from all over are pouring into Jerusalem in anticipation of the Feast of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost was actually a harvest festival. It was also known as the, the Festival of First Fruits, where you'd bring, uh, notice this time of year, it's just, it's just farmers are getting started. You'd bring the first of your crops to the Lord, okay? Interesting, Pentecost is tied, for us Christians, is tied to harvest. You'll receive power so that you can be a Witness to help bring in the harvest. A couple of you listening this morning, amen? So the day of Pentecost arrives. The 120 disciples are in the upper room. They're up early. They're seeking the Lord. And here we reach Acts chapter two, verse one. It says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they, that's 120, were all together in one place. That doesn't mean they were just stuffed in one room. It means they were there with a singleness of purpose. Somebody say Jesus. Yeah, Jesus told them they needed to wait, so they were waiting. There was singleness of purpose. Can I, can I ask you a question this morning? Say, go ahead, Pastor. Why are you here this morning? Yeah, yeah, what, what unites us is Jesus. 
Look, we have our opinions about, you don't all like the same food, you don't all like the same this, the same that, but what, what brings about God's movement in our midst is that we're coming for one reason. We're coming from him because we love him. We want more of him. We want to see him touch our neighbor, the person behind us. Come on, somebody. Amen? So there they are, together seeking Jesus. Now, notice what John the Baptist said about Jesus. This is important, about, about the coming of the Lord. Jesus said, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and power. Now, notice what John the Baptist says. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one more powerful than I. Who's he talking about? Jesus. Whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is associated with power, and it's associated with fire. Okay, power. We need, we need his power to live like him. Fire, we need him to burn out of us the junk of this world so that we can live like he wants us to live. Okay, now, remember, power and fire. Now look at the next verse. You begin to see this begin to unfold. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind comes from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. So it doesn't say there was a strong wind. It says there was the sound of a mighty wind. Now, I've never heard this sound. I've heard it on a YouTube video, but people tell me, or I've heard people say that if, if a tornado is near you, it will sound like a freight train. And when you hear that sound, you better run for cover because that means it's near. Think about what God is saying with the sound of a mighty wind. He's saying the power is here. You better get ready. It is coming. Come on, amen. And then notice what happens next. There's the power. Notice what happens next in verse 3. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. So it's like God saying, the power is here. The fire is here. What's next? Verse 4. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Notice how, notice the evidence. How do we know they were baptized in the Holy Spirit? The evidence that they were filled was they spoke in other tongues, all right? The initial physical evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit was that they spoke in other tongues. So 120 are in the upper room. They're filled with power, filled with fire. They're speaking in other tongues, and there's no glass in the windows in those days, so the windows are open. And the noise that that produced heads out onto the streets around them. And there's a lot of people in town because it's the feast of Pentecost. And not only that, but God did something very unique in this case, all right? Take a look at verse five. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. They were there for Pentecost. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in their own language. In other words, these people that came from all around to Jerusalem didn't all speak Greek or Hebrew. They spoke the languages of the cities they came from. But there was something very unique. Now, I want, I want you to consider how unique this is, okay? Let's just say that everybody in here today could speak a different language. And, and whatever language you spoke was different from anybody else in here. So somebody speaking Italian, somebody speaking Spanish, somebody speaking Portuguese, and all the other languages of the world, okay? So I say, one, two, three, go. Everybody just starts shouting in the language that they know. 
What are the chances if somebody walked in here that they could hear their language in the midst of that? Zero. It would just be a noise. So the uniqueness of this miracle, and I'm not sure that I understand it, but it would appear that as people went towards the upper room, like all they heard was their language being spoken. It had to be something unique. This was a very unique one-time thing. This is not something you should expect every time. It was a sign that, that God had done something special in the land. That, that leads to a question. Sometimes people read Acts chapter 2, and they hear somebody speak in tongues, and they say, well, Acts chapter 2 says they spoke in languages. Well, no, God turned it into languages. And they, they say, well, what I heard someone speak sounds more like Babel. It doesn't really sound like a language. Well, the Bible has an answer for that. It says this. Paul said to the Corinthians, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one, say no one. If no one understands him, it can't be an earthly language. He utters mysteries in his spirit because he's not speaking to man. He's speaking to God, all right? Let me, let me tell you how powerful this is, all right? So not only does the baptism in the Holy Spirit tap me into power and fire, but it also provides me with a supernatural communication gift between me and God. My spirit is communicating with God when I speak in tongues. And somebody might say, well, with that kind of power gift, do you, do you just pray in tongues your entire prayer time? No, because Paul says this. What is the conclusion then? I'll pray with the Spirit. When you pray with the Spirit, you're praying in tongues. And I'll pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I'll sing with the understanding. In other words, if you tell me a prayer request, I'm gonna say, I'm praying for Marianne. Marianne said to pray for her. Mary, Lord, I pray for Marianne. Touch Marianne. In other words, I pray in English what I know to pray for. But God has also given me this communication gift that I can say, Lord, I don't always know what to pray for. So I'm gonna use that prayer language in intercession. And you know what's cool about it? Say what, Pastor? Because it's my spirit talking to God, even the devil don't know what I'm saying. Come on. Not only that, but Romans chapter 7 says, when I pray in the spirit, I am praying the perfect will of God. Any of you ever wonder when you ask things of God, you're not quite sure if God, uh, Lord, I'd like that new job at. Well, there's, there's a caveat to that. Is it the will of God? But when, you, when you pray in tongues, you are praying the perfect will of God. Isn't that awesome? Come on. Amen. Thank Jesus. So, crowd gathers. Believers, 120 believers, baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're speaking in tongues. Crowd comes. Here's that unique miracle of, of different, diff, their own language being, being spoken, glorifying God. Peter, now listen, this is the same Peter who 50 days earlier couldn't stand up to a little slave girl. He said, you're one of them, aren't you? I never met him. I mean, right? And now Peter, full of power, and fire stands up and boldly proclaims Christ to that large crowd. Now, I'm not going to go over his whole speech. I want to get to the end of it. The end of his speech, he says this. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, these three things that Peter says to these believers is really for believers of all time, for people of all time. Do you need Jesus? You can receive him today. Do you need to get baptized in water? You can do that in two weeks. Okay, notice what he said. Repent, be baptized, and then he says what we just received, the 120 of us, you too can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Well, somebody says, well, pastor, the church that I was raised in told me that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was only for a specific time. It was only for the days of the apostles. And when the apostles died off, there was no longer a need for uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay? The problem with that is, is that that might be a nice thought, but it's not biblical. Say, show me the scripture, pastor. Thank you. I'm going to show you the scripture. Here's what it says. This is Peter's own words. Peter said, this promise, what promise? The promise of the baptism of the Holy Spirit that they had just received is for you, your children, and here it comes, and for all who are, that's me, that's you, come on. And then he defines what that is, for all whom the Lord God will call. In other words, for anybody who gets born again from that time forward, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for them. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Now listen, here's what we're gonna do today. I have a video that I want to show you, and I picked out this video because it's good to hear other people's story. This is three young adults that are involved in Chi Alpha ministry. Chi Alpha is the Assemblies of God College ministry, and their experience with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want you to listen to what they have to say, then I'm going to come back for a few words, and then we're going to pray for people, and God's going to do something in the house today. Amen? Mikey P. What's up, y'all? My name is Billy Miller. Hi, my name is Abigail Smith. I grew up in a very Catholic home. I grew up going to church uh, since I was three years old. I gave my life to Jesus when I was 16. Prayed rosaries every night and everything. I grew up in a more conservative church. Uh, They loved the Lord. Um, I had a very good foundation in Jesus, but um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, were not practiced or demonstrated. I didn't really know um, about them. I was in somewhat of a conservative church, um, sort of a religious atmosphere. Um, A lot of uh, my inspiration to follow Jesus was more so fear of, uh, you know, maybe going to hell. Kind of like an atmosphere where, you know, Better not sin or else. When I first gave my life to Christ, I actually thought it was kind of fake. I thought it was fake. I thought um, people would make it up. It kind of happened like right after I got saved, and they're like, oh, you want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I was just like, these people are crazy. Because of my background in a, a more conservative church, um, I didn't really know um, if speaking in tongues was even from the Lord. At my church, they have these things called tearing services. Um, and uh, basically, we had to go up to the altar and wait for many hours and, and beg God for many hours um, for God to just, you know, envelope us with, this, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When I came to college and I came to Chi Alpha, um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit were um, 
demonstrated and I was very curious. I came in and I was very uncomfortable but I was very curious at the same time because um, I just wanted to know how could I have grown up my whole life loving the Lord but not knowing about this gift. A lot of times nothing would happen <laughs> and um, at that time that would leave a lot of conflict because you know we read in the word there's this promise and then um, you know the elders of the church you know would say things like you know well maybe you are living this life and they would come up with different reasons that really weren't biblical you know maybe you're just not ready to receive it or you know and I felt myself you know begging and really no matter how much I, I cried and snotted and begged the Lord you know, because my heart didn't have, I didn't really have the right perspective. I wasn't ready to receive. I, I really learned how to reject the Holy Spirit. I started wrestling with my my mind and myself and, and kind of like the religious, I guess I should say, um, restraints I put over myself. So um, I began um, asking people in Chi Alpha, asking, why do you believe this? What, what scripture um, talks about this? And they showed me scripture and I would read it um, over and over, and I think that's where the toil came from. Of I can read it in the Word, and it's there, and it's there multiple times, but I've never experienced it, and how could this be possible? And um, it, it lasted for about three months. I, I fought with myself. I remember being in my room, and I was all alone on my bed, and um, I was reading scripture again, once again, and I remember getting really frustrated with myself and with not knowing and with not having peace because God's a God of peace. When I came to Chi Alpha uh, Fall Retreat 2011, uh, I got a lot of uh, revelation in terms of how good God is and just specifically that, man, like he gives every perfect gift, like there's nothing. If he gave his son, there's nothing that he would hold back from me. I was already at the point where I'm just like, all right, this is Jesus. This is God for the first time, for real. And so I want, I want this. I want, I want whatever it takes. Uh, during an altar call, I was asking myself just to receive, and I just felt like, man, like just grace and mercy just come upon me like, like crazy. It was like a weight, and I even just found myself just, just bowing down, and uh, my mouth even like began to chatter, and I began to have this inspiration of syllables. But um, because I felt like it was coming for me and I was really skeptical, I really didn't let it out. And I remember just throwing my Bible down on my bed and crying out to the Lord, man, God, if speaking in tongues is really, really from you, then I want it and I want it right now. And I just began to speak in this foreign language, like my mouth just started moving, words started coming out, and I got freaked out and I, and I kind of shot it down at first. You know, it didn't take me a long time, like they're just like, okay, we're gonna pray for you, and then you're gonna start to hear syllables. And then I was just kind of waiting, kind of still skeptical, but I was waiting. And um, I heard the syllables, and I just started laughing. I just started rolling on the floor laughing. I was like, okay, did I make that up? Did the devil give that? And so I rebuked, I was like, I rebuke anything that's not of me. I rebuke my own mind right now. And then it came out even stronger. And then uh, Sean Smith gave an uh, invitation to receive the Holy Spirit. And I went up there, and my, my good brother Jamil, he came up to me and he was just like, man, you've been asking for this, you already receive it. You know, God's not gonna come and just shake your tongue and, and, and black you out. I don't know if that's anybody else's uh, experience, but it, it really was just like me knowing that God is gonna give me this thing. And I felt the fire of God in my stomach, had those syllables in my mind, and I just let it out at that moment. 
and uh, ever since I've been praying in the spirit. And there was just this peace that came over me, but I didn't have, I didn't have goosebumps, I didn't cry, I didn't shake, I didn't have heat, it was just the words that came out. Um, you know, the Bible says, ask you shall receive. Speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. Man, I can go on for a while about this. It, it's not us that prays, but it's our spirit that prays with the Lord, and we speak mysteries. It's basically a heavenly language, and it's used to uh, strengthen your inner man. Edifying us, and uh, builds us up. It's more so like praying the perfect will of the, of, of the Father. The Holy Spirit is in you for you, and He's on upon you for others to do the, the work of the ministry. But definitely, it's just like when we don't know what to pray, um, praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, allows the perfect will of the Father to be prayed and um, gives it like a direct inspiration. And ever since then, it's been this whole journey of just like learning how to just uh, press in, uh, Press in praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in, praying in tongues. From then on, I was just like, Lord, I, I believe this is true um, because I had an experience with the Lord. So um, since then, um, I've just had just a greater boldness uh, to live out for Christ. And uh, I've been able to pray with people uh, to receive healing. Um, I've just been getting more accurate words for people and prophecy. Um, and just this boldness that I didn't have before. Even though I, I love the Lord, I was no less of a Christian, but just having the gift of the Holy Spirit, having the gift of tongues to edify my spirit, to uplift my spirit, has really helped me in, in walking with the Lord. And there have been times where I prayed in the Spirit, just even during worship, and I just felt chains break off of me, just because, like, you know, you're praying in this language, but God is dropping stuff on your heart that, you know, is from Him, and you're actually able to respond, you know, through your heart, but speaking verbally and it's 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 a powerful it's a powerful um it's a powerful thing when when you actually tap into it thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Paul Paul said to the crowd and you'll receive the gift that's a key word because a gift isn't something that you earn. It's simply something you receive. If I said, look, first person up here gets this $100 bill. Here, Maxine. Just, just look careful. It's play money. All right, sorry. <laughs> she grabs it. But people in today's world, we, we may, for Father's Day, we're talking about having some giveaways and and. Just, just give some things to some fathers that are in the house. How many think a dad would be excited to receive a giveaway? Listen. Would you be as excited about receiving a giveaway that God has for you, the gift of the Holy Spirit, that he says you need his power, his fire? Come on, Jesus, Jesus said, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That's what the Bible says. And I just believe. If you've never heard my story, I'm going to give you the very shortened version. I was at a large outdoor Jesus festival. And the first night, the speaker said, tonight we're going to begin praying for people to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I turned to my friend, Ann, who I was with, who had been the one who invited me to church. And I said, what's that? And Ann said, I don't have time to explain, but you need it. That's all I knew about the baptism was what she said you needed. And that night I went, and with, with the simple faith of a new believer... I said, God, if I need it, I need it. Would you give me the Holy Spirit? 
And I found myself beginning to speak. God didn't make me do it. He didn't force me to. He put the words in my mind and I spoke them out of my mouth. And it was just amazing. And I'm so grateful for the gift of empowerment, the gift of fire, and the ability in my prayer time, in my worship, to use that prayer language that God has given to me. It's not just for me. According to Joel, it's for all people. Amen? I'm going to ask our prayer team to come at this time. Those of you who are our deacons, our, our uh, altar workers, come on, their wives, I need you to come and just make a line here. We're going to get ready to pray for people. And whether you've never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, whether maybe you once did and because you haven't utilized it, you feel like uh, uh, you haven't spoken in tongues in a long time and you just want somebody to pray for you, we're going to minister to you. Come on, if that's you this morning, if you're hungry for what God has for you, I want you to get out of your seat and come just stand in front of one of these. We're going to pray for you this morning. Be like I was at 19 years of age. I was hungry for what God has for me. We need somebody to be hungry this morning. Come on, get out of your seat. Come and see one of our altar workers. Don't wait. In the name of Jesus, receive the gift that God has for you. Open the balcony. We're waiting for you. We're waiting for you. Teenager. You don't need to wait till you're 23 or 30. God has the gift for you today. He's got it for you right now. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Father, visit us today with the precious gift of your Holy Spirit, Lord. And let it be evidenced. Let it be evidenced. Let it be evidenced. Hallelujah. Susan, come right over here. Go see Pastor Kelsey down the other end down there. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And you're going to help those who are down here. I'm going to ask you to stand. Wayne's going to begin to lead us in a song. You're going to create an atmosphere of worship, which is ideal for those who are being prayed for right now. Not too late if you want to come. Thank you, Lord. If you feel God stirring, maybe you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you're hungry for more. You just want to get out of your seat come down to these altars. I welcome you to do so. Thank you, Lord. Visit us today as only you can do. In the name of Jesus.